the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelo has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelo. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Last week, we began a series in which we look at the world through the lens of faith. In each episode, we have a different guest on the show to help us to dig into a different current event. It could be sports, it could be politics, or it could be cultural. We simply pick a topic from the headlines and talk about it using Scripture and our understanding of spiritual warfare to better understand its content. And I hope you'll take several things away from this series. First... I hope you'll solidify the concrete understanding that the Bible should be your first refuge. In any conversation, it's the first place you should go. Second, I pray you'll see that it's a trustworthy compass to guide you in this dark world. It explains everything that's happening today. It's not some dusty book with lots of thou shalt do this and thou shalt not do that. It's a living book written with love. It explains everything about God's unchanging truth, and it's capable of finding you exactly where you are anytime, day or night. Third, I hope you'll see that it's a relevant and powerful tool capable of cutting through all of the enemy's lies, and those are plentiful. The enemy is a liar, Jesus said. When he speaks lies, he speaks his native language. And finally, and I say this from personal experience, The Bible is the only way to find peace and a sense of purpose in this world. Let me repeat this all in a slightly different way. Without the Bible, there's no understanding this world. We're simply rags in a washer on the spin cycle, and the devil's pushing the buttons. Without the Bible, nothing is fixed and always true and always right. Everything is shaded and relative, manipulated, twisted, to make things purposefully confusing in order to lead us away from God, and it's working. And so I want to talk to you about that. 
And here to help us with today's conversation is Pastor Steve Dennis. Pastor Steve is a husband, a father, a son, a friend, a business owner, a motocross racer, a golfing legend, and recently, a new puppy owner. He's the ministry pastor for Courageous Christianity, and it's an honor to have him on the show. Pastor Steve, welcome. Thanks for having me. I, I think I need to get your definition of legend. Uh, golfing legend? Golf. Yeah, well, yeah, legend. I yeah, I was that. wanting to know about that. That's, uh, <laughs> in, in his own mind? Yeah, oh, there, that, that okay. might even okay. be better, yes. Well, that's okay. a good friend that you're helping him believe that. Yeah. <laughs> Friends, that uh, lovely voice that you're hearing is my wedded wingman, Christy Mandelow, and I'm so grateful that she joins me each and every week. Pastor Steve, will you please pray for us? Yes, be my honor. Father God, we praise your holy name. As always, we seek your will be done, that that your name be glorified, that your son Jesus Christ be lifted up. Scripture says that as his name is lifted up, you draw all men unto you. So, Father, that's our goal today, is to glorify you, to speak your truths. Use us as your vessels, as your as your mouthpieces to to reach your people and wherever they are, whatever time of day this is that they're listening, that your truths and your word and your spirit are already at work in them, drawing them closer to you. May this be an enlightening and educational and even moving show that, that, that ultimately brings you glory and draws them closer to you. Have your way in this show with only way that or by the Holy Spirit doing only what you can do with it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Friends, uh, we are taking a current event, and we're going to dissect that current event, and I want to make three things very clear. I opened my Bible before the show to set it on the counter in front of me, and I opened it to the passage where Jesus is arrested. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, the soldiers come to take him and finally awake His apostles say, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And in fact, struck uh, one of the soldiers. And Jesus said this in Luke chapter 22, verse 51. But Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and he healed him. And I opened my Bible there, and it's because it's on my heart to make this point very clear. This is going to be a difficult conversation. It's a conversation about the evil forces in this land and their agenda and evil forces in the universe. Scripture reminds us, for our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, but against the powers and the authorities and the principalities. This is not about us as Christians attacking anybody. It's about us standing firm in the Word of God, in the truth. And the truth is enough. It doesn't have to be yelled. It doesn't have to be screamed. It's the truth. And as Christians, we have to first bring ourselves to that truth, walk in that truth, learn that truth, consult the Bible at every opportunity, and then let others know in love with compassion. So, after that, you're probably wondering exactly what we are going to be talking about today. And the subject that we have chosen is something that I saw about a former Green Beret named Ivan Raiklin, who retired from the military 
over his concerns that the Constitution is violated daily, it's not known, and that the pervasive woke movement in the United States military is weakening the nation. Uh, He had many points, uh, not the least of which is that the media and government is trying to work out this extremist ideology, trying to convince people that this ideology of a small faction is actually a thing. And uh, I've talked about it with Pastor Steve, and so we're going to bring it up and look at it through Scripture and pour it through the filter to make sure that we're not in our own opinions. Pastor Steve, did I express that well enough? I, I think that was a great little intro into it because, again, I, and I echo the fact that this isn't about us being right and them being wrong as, as far as the individual goes. It's just it's about an agenda that is being forced upon everyone um, and those that have any contrary belief to it then are the bad guys. And and I think that's that's the real point we're trying to put, get across here today is 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 it's it's not us against them it's it's the agenda that's being pushed on us is is an evil one and it's just simply straight from from Satan and so well, I think we'll get there but I I think that was a great way to intro it. Thank you very much. Um, information operations. We talked on a show a while ago, 2021 already, it's hard to believe that's a year past, about lines of operation, how in an insurgency, in irregular warfare, which is a violent struggle uh, to obtain influence and legitimacy over a group of people. So right now, the devil is fighting with God to have influence and legitimacy over his people. That's us. And because there's no geographical reference for irregular warfare. It's about ideas. It's about hearts. It's about minds, beliefs. Because there's no geographical reference, you fight along lines of operation, areas where you apply influence. Perhaps it's security. Perhaps it's educating a people. Perhaps it's the rule of law. Perhaps it's infrastructure. Well, the devil comes against us in the same ways. And information operations has been his go-to line of operation since Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. No sooner did God create man and woman than the serpent was on the scene misleading Eve. And it's the same today. We are living in a world that's so full of lies, half-truths, confusions, and so forth. And now we've been told, we can't disagree. Now we've been told we can't speak against it. Is that a fair characterization? I, I think it. I think it's very fair. You know, as all this started, I mean, this is this has been coming to a head for quite some time now. Several years ago, or you know, for several years. Um, and the thing that that just, I guess, really fires me up the most about it is because. If it's just toe-to-toe with, with the enemy against God's Word, then I've got no real worries about that because I know, I know that the Word will win. But when, when my beliefs cease to exist or then become criminal, 
because they don't align with yours, then then that I mean we're we're, we're headed for a very very slippery slope. Yeah. I mean th- this this country was founded on the fact that you could make your own choices, but this is what this country you know we it was very clear what our country was about. It was very clear. Uh, this was one nation under God, and and but hey, if you wanted to choose another route, so be it. Um, but now, if I say, well, I don't even have to say you're that those beliefs are wrong. I just got to disagree with them, and all of a sudden, I'm speaking hate speech. How how did we get there? Yeah, there's no such thing as hate speech. There's there's just speech, and there's speech that people don't like. The Declaration of Independence says this. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And then the First Amendment of the United States Constitution goes on to say, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. And so, friends, that's the basis, that's the foundation. We're going to be back in the second segment to unpack this a little more. Stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show, and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are in our series looking at current events through the lens of faith. And the hope is that you will learn as well to Look at everything that you see through the lens of faith, to pour it through the filter of biblical truth, and then, in kindness, standing firm in faith, with compassion, to see things as God would have you see them. I said in the last show, and I said a couple months ago, that I'm not interested in the opinions of the world. And then, it was a huge epiphany for me, I realized I'm not even interested in my own opinions. The only opinion I'm interested in is the opinion of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so as we pursue the truth of Christ in this world, we must necessarily come up against the forces of evil 
which are trying to get us to believe things which are ridiculous. And now it's been established in this nation where it was formed by a creator and where we have the right to free speech that we can't actually speak out against it. And I want to tell you a piece of history that came to me as I thought about this. Hitler came to power in January of 1933. In March of 1933, he started building the first concentration camp, which was Dachau, just outside of Munich. Now, isn't that interesting to you, that one of the first things he did was build a concentration camp for people who were going to disagree with him? Mm. And so when you are trying to get people to believe perverse things, you have to deal with the people who are going to stand firm in faith and tell the truth. If you'd uh, look later at Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 through 9, the truth is in those words, and we are told, do not be frightened, do not be discouraged, do not be scared. The Lord your God goes with you wherever you go. And it also says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. And so, friends, the only way to sort through this and the only way to make a righteous stand and a good stand as men and women on the wall between the nations of light and dark, is to reference the Bible. And so we're talking with Pastor Steve about a recent current event whereby a Green Beret from the United States Army retired because he could not submit to the woke agenda, as he called it, of uh, the military which uh, is offering gender reassignment surgeries, teaching critical race theory, which somehow asserts that uh, the cure for racism is racism, and lots of other things like that. And so uh, we're talking with Pastor Steve, and the question we want to ask is, how do we look at it, and uh, what is it telling us? I think, well, actually, there's only one way to look at it, but there's many places that we can go and it's this it's a i say all the time that it's it's the devil's same old tricks he just may use a a different colored bait this time or you know uh there's all he's doing is changing lures to to try to catch as many as he can so but it's a, it's the same old tricks he's there i i see two reasons mainly that that we don't stand up for this okay so Here's and, and why we back. don't stand against it. Yeah, why we don't stand against it. And and I guess let me back back up. And that's that's really the that's really the question on the table, I believe. So so here's a is how do we stand against it? Well, uh, why don't we? I think why don't we? Why don't we stand against it? Um, you know, we we've seen some things in in recent. There's all kinds of topics that we could have picked for today, um, but we've seen some other examples of people standing up for their faith in recent. Uh, news headlines and stuff. And this, this being one of them, I, I see a, a career military guy. I mean, this guy was obviously Green Beret. What wasn't just in it for wasn't a mail clerk at, you know, I mean, this was, this was a career military guy that said, okay, I, this is no longer what I signed up for. He was willing to sacrifice everything, everything, his life his you know, his, everything. So, but this is no longer what I, what I uh, signed up for. So I'm going to vote with my feet. You know, uh, you've, you've, we probably all heard that. I'm going to vote with my feet. I'm going to do. I'm going to do something about it. And at this point, what I'm going to do is say I'm not going to be a part of this anymore. And 
not only am I not going to be a part of this anymore, I'm going to speak on why I've chose not to be a part of it. And so whether he's doing it out of a truth of God's word standpoint, or he's just simply saying, this is wrong behavior, I'm going to stand up against it. Okay. So then if we take that model and say, why don't we all do that? Because in a, it's kind of like the schoolyard bully that just mows over everybody until that one kid stands up to him and comes to find out that it's really not much of a fight if, if you'll just stand up to him. So where, why is, why is the church as a whole, I say, um, broad stroke, so eager to not only not speak up, but to be inviting and accommodating to this perverse agenda? And, it, and and there's several topics that fall under that umbrella of person agenda, homosexuality, all, all these different things. There, there's there's numerous things that fall under, I say, this perverse agenda. Um, and and not only are we not standing up against it, we're not we're welcoming it in our doors. And and to me, so then I go back and I say, why? Why are we doing that? And and why, why, how and where did we get there? And so if I take it to the individual level. Really, the the two main reasons that come to mind, I think, are is one, and this goes to your point a minute ago, I don't know enough of God's truth to combat the the falsehood that's coming against me. Okay, Bible. These people say, or and that sounds bad saying that, the the lie is that we should, we're to love everybody just like they are, and and just to bring them in, and and if I don't know enough of God's word to say, yes, I need to love that person, but. I need to love them in the way God wants me to love them and not let them walk off the spiritual cliff that they're headed for, the destruction that they're headed for. True love for this person would be to stop them from going off that cliff, okay? But the world says, oh, no, that's not loving at all. That's, you're, you're, you're hating on that person. Okay, so I don't know enough of God's word to, to actually have that conversation. That's what people are saying, why they don't confront it, because they don't know enough of God's word? Um, I'm just, I'm, I, I guess... It's a hypothesis. Yeah, I, I guess it's more of just seeing personal experience or, you know, people that I've seen. And, well, I don't, and, and that's a lie. That's also a lie that the enemy puts in the believer's head. Um, scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit is within those that, that, that uh, trust their lives to Christ. And it says that the Holy Spirit will, in the, in the hour that you need to speak, he will speak, he will, he give, will you give you what you to say. Word. So, so that in and of itself is a lie, um, that I don't know enough, whether I'm a seasoned pastor or, or I'm just a, a average Joe, that's a new believer, you know, enough of God's truth and you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you can stand up against the, the scheme of the enemy. And then the second would just simply be fear. Um, and I think you even touched on that a second ago. Am I scared I'm going to lose my job because I'm going to speak up for Christ? Am I scared I'm going to lose this relationship? Am I scared that I'm going to, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to go to jail because all of a sudden I'm taking this hard, bold stance? And so in both cases, it's it's really a, a I guess, a lack of faith and trust in, in Christ to, to do what he's promised to do. You You quoted it just a minute ago. I'll be with you always, okay. And in the Great Commission says, "I'll be with you till the end of the uh, till the end of the age." All right. So in that case, am I going to stand for what God has told me to stand for? Not a personal agenda, not me versus them. It's just our, when you start attacking God's truth and start attacking 
and saying that I have to change my beliefs, am I going to stand up against that or am I going to let it go? I think about um, when, when I'm the strongest in, in whatever situation and my voice is the strongest, it's when I'm confident. So the word that came to my mind was people aren't confident. So they're not, first they don't know the word, but they're not confident even in the word that the victory is his. There's something that I want to keep going back to this. Our struggle is not against the flesh and blood. What that means is that the Bible tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay? The Bible tells us that um, to have compassion. And our whole job as Christians is to make disciples of all nations. It's not to make all nations into disciples. There are people who will reject Christ. There are people who will reject the truth and the love of Jesus Christ so as to pursue their various agendas. And there's another thing I want to make clear, and that is this isn't some attack on sexual perversity. This is an attack on perversity. This is an attack on lies. And it's a very important distinction because Pastor Steve hit on it. We're not in the like business as Christians. I'm not here to like you. I'm here to love you. And loving you might mean telling you, brother, you're heading for a cliff. The Bible says this. And then we, we try and walk that out together. And I think that's a very important distinction. So I've often said this. I, I think the church is preoccupied going after people in sexual perversity when there are so many people going after uh, in other sorts of perversity. And so there are Ten Commandments. There are six things that God hates and a seventh he despises, and nowhere in those top 17 things does it talk about sexual perversity. And then Jesus says, who is free from sin, let him cast the first stone. So I don't want this to sound like this is singling people out. What we're talking about here is a secular effort to get people of faith to accept things which are categorically untrue, which are categorically repugnant and go against the Word of God, and then to say that this very small minority's right to be them supersedes our right to be us. And it's the reason why Hitler built the concentration camp in 1933, right when he came to power, because if you're going to disagree, then they're going to find a way to dispose of you. So when you disagree, make sure you're disagreeing in the truth of the Bible, standing firm in faith according to the love of Christ. Stay with us, friends. We'll be back to talk about that in the next segment. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance 
and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelo has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're having a very important conversation as part of our current events series where we are looking at current events through the lens of faith and figuring out what Scripture, the Bible, the truth of God's Word tells us to do and how to see things. And we form uh, our perspectives there, and then we look at these things through that perspective, and that's how we bring the healing love of Jesus Christ, the light of Christ, which is the life of men, to this dark world. And don't expect the dark world to like it. So, I want to go back to this one point. The First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So then you have private companies and corporations which have been given this tax-exempt, liability-exempt status in this nation as yet another perversity, and they're telling us how we should feel. So, the question which all of us uh, must answer is how do we stand against this? How do we do it in a way that glorifies Christ? How do we do it in a meaningful way? How do we do it in the right way? Because to storm the Capitol on January 6th is just another abomination. And we are told to live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse us of doing evil, they will see our good deeds and glorify our Father when he comes to visit. And then there's another warning which says, my name is blasphemed among pagans because of you. So, Joshua 24, 15 says, choose you this day whom you will serve. Either the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So what that says is there is a distinction between doing what your father did, doing what is done locally on a secular level in your nation, where we invent all of these gods 
of celebrity and money and politics and millions of other things from sex and perversity, which we're told to celebrate, to uh, sports and things like that. We turn them into gods. Either we're going to obey that or we're going to obey the Lord. So there's three things there, the gods of your fathers or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living or the Lord. And so Joshua, as he's saying farewell to the Israelites, distinguishes between those three things. And I think all of us here want very much to serve the Lord. And so we then ask, how do we do that? And we ask, how do we stand firm in faith? And so, Pastor Steve, the question I would ask for you is, how do we stand firm in faith in a way that glorifies God so even our enemies can't say anything about us? I think... As you were as you were speaking there, I was thinking. I think there's the, there's got to be a step one, and 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 we're talking about the word, and and you got to know the word, and um. But step one has to be. I have to I have to be convinced myself that I I don't conform because everything else, and even some of the pulpits are saying conform. I have to I have to be first convinced of myself convinced in my in my own beliefs in my own convictions and where my ethics and and morals come from the from the the, the truth of God's word that that I don't conform. We all have probably heard Romans 12:2 says and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. It's a great verse and and I think it but I but as with most scripture, it goes even better when you throw the verse ahead of it in there. Twelve one says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna say, Here I am, Lord, here's here's all that I am. It's here to worship you. I'm not going to be transformed into the ways of the world. I'm not going to conform to that. I'm going to do what you say. Okay, so then I stand there. And then, okay, so if that's step one, step two, uh, and we touched on it earlier, is I need to know what Scripture says about how do I, how do I treat my brother? Okay, all through the book of John, I mean, there's so many places we could list where it says to love your brother. You've heard that I, it's, it has been said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, but I say, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, okay? But then it goes back, and we've got to have this discussion that could be maybe another show, but what does it really mean to love my brother, okay? And then there does come a point where where Christ even says, if you go and you present the truth of my word and they they reject you, just shake the dust off your sandals. There is a a place where you, you move on and you... so. That is a very big picture to go, but there there has to be that that sol- solid foundation that I'm not moving off of this, and it's not because it's my agenda or it's my personal beliefs or this or that. It's because it's what God's word told me to do. Okay, then as I move forward from that, I don't go in trying to convince them they're wrong. I go in trying to say, "All right, hey man." Let's just have a conversation. Let's let, let, let's let's take the friction off the table. Let's just have a conversation. 
How'd you get to where you got? How'd I get to where I got? Let's let's talk about that. I think uh, those are beautiful points. Uh, to repeat them, you have to trust that the Word of God is the Word of God and that you will not be put to shame. You have to stand firm in your faith and not be conformed to the patterns of this world, and that means resisting evil. And you have to know Scripture. And all of that is critical. And so now you're at this intersection of faith in the secular world, and you are in this uh, opportunity. You've come to face-to-face with somebody who thinks something different or lives something different. And the very first thing you have to do in combat is make the decision, am I going to fight? Because the enemy will lure you into all kinds of stupid fights to distract you from your larger mission. So our largest mission as Christians is to glorify God. And our largest mission as Christians is to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that Jesus taught us. Okay, those are our two biggest missions. And so here I come to this place where maybe a person's getting in my face or maybe at work I'm being told to do something. And the first thing we do is ask what Scripture says. Okay, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. Uh, Men are men, women are women, marriage is between a man and a woman. Um, I'm not going to hate somebody on the basis of their race. I'm not going to love somebody on the basis of, uh, or like somebody on the basis of their race. You shouldn't judge a man by the color of his skin. Okay, we've got all these uh, things established. And now we say, I'm in this situation How do I handle it? And the very first most important consideration is whether or not you're even going to fight. Because you got a big mission. And if this person drags you into a fight, hey, guess what? Pigs love to wrestle in the mud. You wrestle with pigs, you both get muddy, they like it, and passers-by don't know who the good guy is and the bad guy is because everybody's covered in mud. And in this day and age, these people will make sure that you're covered in mud. And so first and foremost, we got to decide, am I going to actually get involved here? Uh, In a dogfight, you don't hazard that expensive airplane unless you can win. If you can't win, you just go blowing right through that fight. And so what is winning? Is it profitable to the kingdom of God? Is it kind? Is it necessary? Is it true? We have to answer those questions before we give to dogs what is sacred. And remember, that's a scripture. Do not give to pigs what is holy or to dogs what is sacred, or they may turn and tear you apart. And so how we conduct this, whether or not we uh, give consideration, engage, is critical. I had an instance recently where somebody told me um, that they didn't drink, but the most exciting thing to them about retirement was that they were going to smoke pot every day. And immediately, I had a sense that this conversation was a provocation, and I didn't say anything. And he then went on to tell me about how he and his husband were going to move away from Texas because Uh, He was sick of religious people and conservative politics. 
So what you have here is a person who's deep in their sin and they're deep in their opinions, and they're probably coming from a very hurt, emotional place, and they have constructed an entire life, which is probably about lashing out at the people around them. And do I think I'm going to have a profitable conversation about any of this? And I have to tell you, despite being insulted, hey, because I'm a person of religion or faith, despite being insulted because I like Texas and I believe in conservative values, the values that built this nation that people are so interested in tearing down, I could have been insulted, but I wasn't there to be insulted. Either I've got work to do as a holy nation of priests, as a priest, or as a doctor to bring comfort, or as a teacher to educate. Either I've got work to do there, or I don't. And in this instance, to be quite honest with you, I said nothing. I made the choice. I'm not going to give to dogs what is sacred. What do you think about that? Well, and uh, sometimes one of the best things we can do to show to maybe break through barriers is not go toe to toe with them. It, it sounds like this conversation was, as you said, a a leading one trying to provoke some kind of provoke <laughs> On every level. Yeah. So the fact that you didn't go there and just you know rip into him could have could very well the next time you guys have a conversation you go like, hey, all right, well this guy's willing to at least hear me. Yeah. Friends, uh, this is difficult for all of us because we don't want to be hateful and we don't want to be unkind, but neither should we be forced to walk in lies. Stay with us. We'll talk about this more in the next segment. Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you are training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com. Huntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. I'm gonna catch I'm gonna ride Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're having a spirited discussion with our ministry pastor, Pastor Steve, as we talk about a current event as part of our new series where we look at current events and we dissect them according to Scripture. 
And I'd like to read you something from an article by a priest named Father Lynch of the Orthodox Church. The name of the article is called The Disease of Secular Humanism and the Cure. And Father Lynch says this, Events in the world seem to be transpiring at breakneck speed. This is intentional. Keeping people swirling in a hurricane of sensory and informational overload is a psychological tactic. Moreover, it's a spiritual tactic of the enemy. What we see in the events unfolding all around us is things moving very fast and a concerted effort to disorient you. Disorient, cause you to not be sure of where you stand. And so do what the enemy does not want you to do. If the enemy wants you to make snap judgments and confrontational choices, then you have to slow things down. He wants you to uh, be quick. Slow down. How do we slow down? We slow down by praying. We slow down by reading the Word of God, which is technically our only offensive weapon. That is a sword, the sword of truth. And as we slow down and we say, I will not be provoked, how can I respond best in this situation in order to glorify God? What is loving? What loves God? What loves my neighbor? What loves myself? Should I say something to this person to prevent them from throwing themselves off a spiritual cliff? Or is this a provocation to distract me and to get me into a big mess that will simply cause people to question Christianity and Christians? And so we're with Pastor Steve, and he's made a lot of good points. So as we say those things, we're making choices about whether to engage. What are your thoughts? I think one of the best ways to do that in a calm and and glorifying way is to surrender your agenda, to surrender the outcome. I mean, we can get in a political, I mean, we can get in fistfights over left versus right. We can get in fistfights over, I mean, I've seen pastors darn near come to blows over doctrinal, man-made doctrinal issues and stuff. And it's and it's all the I, I need to be right. I, I need I need to be the one in this in this confrontation that that is deemed victorious. When when that is not what Christ has asked us to do. Christ has asked to point all things, all situations to him. And so therefore if I surrender the outcome to him and I walk away from this saying, Here's the truth of God's word, what you do with it is now on that's between you and him. I don't have to. I, I don't have to be right in the situation. So, all I'm called to do is share the truth of God's word, and to me, that's freeing. In that, I I I don't have to be this big silver-tongued defense attorney or anything like that. I just got to share God's truth, and they may wake walk away hating me even more than they did before I got there, or whatever the case may be, but whenever they walk away, they've, they've gotten the truth. And so whether I choose to, in that moment, like the instance that you said, that's where being led by the Spirit. If the Spirit says go toe-to-toe with the guy, then go toe-to-toe with the guy. If the Spirit says just just stand there and listen to him, then stand there and listen to him. 
and you know we all have that and the holy spirit gets called something something told me to say this something told me to do this something told me to walk away quit calling god something but you know so the holy spirit's going to lead you and guide you in these in these things if you truly are willing to be a vessel that that in the end glorifies him okay so what do i do here holy spirit if you have the time to pray before going into it if you know this is going to be an awkward situation say pray before you go into it say use me use me for your glory if you've got the time in the moment to stop and ask yourself the question what would bring god glory in this uh you know I, that's one that I, I wish i had a perfect track record of doing it before i opened my mouth but i i have trained myself to more than not stop and say what what in this can i do right here that's going to bring him glory okay so specifically in this situation, we have a lieutenant colonel, 25 years of service, retiring from the Army because he is being asked to accept violations of the Constitution, which he swore an oath to uphold, against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And he is being asked to accept things that, by his faith, he cannot accept. I will not be conformed to the world. I will not say that boys are girls and girls are boys. I will not, etc., etc. And so now in the workplace, he is being asked to do these things. What would you say to that man? So, you know, Jesus says, give unto Caesars what's Caesars and give unto God what is God's. Okay. In the reference, he's talking about money. He's talking about taxes at the moment. But your allegiance to God supersedes your allegiance to man. And so... If God says that this is wrong, then it's wrong. And you make your decisions based on that. And that's what we're taking from this article and this this news story is, is that that's what this guy did. He stood up. So whether I work in an office building, whether I work at wherever, and and you're being told, um, you're being told, don't do this, don't don't tell people about this, don't bring your Bible and put it on your desk, whatever the case may be, and you're feeling that that supersedes what God's asking you to do, then make that stance based off of that. Amen. Friends, things are purposefully moving fast, and they're moving fast in order to get you to respond to ways that aren't thought out, to get you to move faster than you can get to your Bible and pray. And so make that your first order, to get to your Bible and pray. And then include others who you trust in your spiritual journey to guide you in these difficult times, and then stand firm in faith. And that's the truth. As you know, in every show we have a moment of truth where we look at scriptures which inform our discussion. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge. It's our safe place. It's where we go. It's always relevant, and it never fails. And today our moment of truth comes from Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, and these verses might be the furthest back I've ever gone in the moment of truth to actually Genesis chapter 2. And these verses say, And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Friends, our goal with the series is to look at current events through the lens of faith to better understand God's unchanging truth his purpose for us on this planet, and his plan for us. I want everybody to see how the Bible can guide us safely and how easy it is to get lost if we don't have the Word of God to guide us. Remember Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? How man fell from grace because Eve served up the apple? 
Well, in my humble opinion, Eve gets a bad rap for this. I realize that this isn't a current event. In fact, it may be the oldest event in human history, but it's not really the event that we are talking about today. But here's my perspective. Eve wasn't created when God told Adam not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Eve wasn't created till five verses later. God gave Adam his warning in Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, and it wasn't until verse 22 that the Bible says, Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. If Eve didn't understand God's word, it's Adam's fault. Why is this important? Because Adam didn't make sure that Eve understood God's instructions clearly. And as a result, when the serpent slithered up to Eve and started twisting things, she made a horrible choice. And the same is happening today. If we don't look at everything through the lens of faith, using God's word to dissect every event to determine what is right, but instead we do what we think is right, things start to fall apart quickly. And that's because we don't know what's right. We're rags in a washing machine. We've been lied to for so long about so much, like Adam and Eve, we're our own worst enemies. And the only way to address this is to know God's Word, to reference it often, to use it to look at the world and its lies, and to do what it says. So, Pastor Steve has given us some critical points. He told us, step one, trust the Word of God. You don't need to be conformed to the patterns of this world. Step two, know scripture. And it says to love your brother. And loving your brother doesn't necessarily mean watching him throw himself off a spiritual cliff. Don't confuse love with like. Pastor Steve said, surrender your agenda. Surrender the need to be right. It's freeing. And it makes disengaging easy. Step four, ask Where is Jesus in all of this? And Pastor Brad Flurry, who told us about his dinner table conversations with his kids, made the same point last week. Ask, where is Jesus in all of this? And if you can't find him there, then walk away. And finally, Pastor Steve made a great point when he said, in all these things, seek less of self and more of Jesus. So friends, I couldn't agree more. In short, look at the world through the lens of faith and keep that lens polished by reading the Bible, by praying to God, by avoiding the misled opinions of the people around you, and by asking simply and in everything, what does the Bible say? And then doing that. And that's Courageous Christianity. Pastor Steve, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Friends, thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM, KKHT The Word in Houston, Texas at kkht.com or on your favorite podcast app or on courageouschristianity.today where you can listen to the previous episodes by podcast. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.